Hello, and welcome to Cali Formula One. My name is Jojo Joseph, and welcome to episode nine. Today, we are going to review the Monaco Grand Prix, uh, the highlight of the Formula One season in Monte Carlo in that glamorous position uh, right there on the French Riviera. We had a Monaco Grand Prix this morning, well, at least here in California this morning. Uh, it was, uh, well, you know, it wasn't the greatest race, let's be completely honest here. Monaco is very hard to overtake, and sometimes you get that parade of cars, but to say that there wasn't drama uh, is definitely not true. There was definitely plenty of drama. There's definitely uh, a lot of movement in the championship standings, which we'll get into uh, movement in the constructor standings, uh, and there was also uh, a lot of give and take this weekend. We learned a lot about some drivers. Other drivers um, yeah, were definitely put in performance that were surprising, and others were performances uh, that were disappointing. I'm sorry, just a little bit disappointing. So what we're going to kind of do is go back into winners and losers um, and kind of go over you know who who produced well, who did not produce well, and what to look forward to in, in the upcoming races. Um, before we do that, uh, again, I want to thank all the listeners. Uh, we're in 23 countries as of right now. Uh, we just added Ireland today, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. So uh, hello to everyone there in Ireland and everyone else around the world listening. Make sure you tell your friends California One. Uh, subscribe on Apple and on Spotify. So jumping right in, let's just go right into winners and losers. Uh, and we're going to kind of start off. Uh, with the big story, uh, which is Max Verstappen winning the uh, winning the race, winning the Monaco Grand Prix, um, a dominant performance, definitely in the winning category. In fact, we're just going to put Red Bull in his teammate and just lump them all into one big winner's bracket right there. Uh, they looked great, Max especially. Uh, he came in with uh, a man on a mission. Uh, you know, he kind of signaled, hey, you know, Lewis is not going to pull away in this championship race I'm going to give everything I got and from practice all the way through qualifying all the way through the race uh, he was a man on the mission uh, he did not get pulled but you, you know we'll get to that whole thing with uh, Charles later but he could have easily gotten pulled too you know there was a little bit of a hiccup there with, with the a red flag at the end of the of the qualifying session but uh, you know he could easily got pulled and obviously he ended up uh, leading the race anyway because what happened with Charles but uh, this was a, an amazing performance for him. Uh, he did not have any issues. He, you know, and again, this is the, the the drawback of Monaco where you can't overtake and everything. But, but that's you know nothing against him. He did exactly you know he, he it's a tight course. He ran a perfect race. He built a nice gap. Uh, I think he finished with an eight second, nine second lead over Carlos Sainz. Uh, so you really can't sit there and say he did anything wrong. He got the full twenty five points. Uh, he did not get fastest lap that went over uh, to to Lewis. Um, but, you know, you got to sit there and say, like, they're going to take points. And he moved up into championship standings. Uh, he's clear. I think he's about five points ahead right now. Um, uh, let me actually nah, – no, he's actually four points ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, four points ahead. Lewis did get that point. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the fastest lap point. So uh, he's moved up for the first time in his life, uh, in his career. He's leading the championship standings. Uh, that being said, that's going to light a fire under Mercedes, who fell into the losers category, and they had a bad weekend, and you could tell that they're not going to be very happy about it. Uh, it was a little bit ominous because right before the uh, the Monaco Grand Prix, there was a pretty amazing video put out uh, by Formula One, which kind of showed uh, the previous race, uh, you know, where they were doing a little bit of Mercedes strategy, 
where they were kind of going back and forth and showing like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the the, the moves we're going to make and, you know, making the call to do that surprise second pit stop in Spain, which got Lewis Hamilton uh, on a great set of tires, which allowed him to pass Max Verstappen and get the win. Uh, and so everyone was like, oh, Mercedes has got great strategy. And then they came in, they looked amazingly horrible um, this whole weekend. It looks like they were struggling to get things done. And then, you know, on Thursday with practice, you know, it looked like they were starting to get stuff sorted out. And then when they went into qualifying, it, <laughs> they just didn't quite have it until the end. Valtteri Bottas looked like he was also, just like Max, on an amazing final lap before there was red flagged. Um, and then, you know, he ended up getting third uh, on the grid, but, you know, with Charles uh, dropping out, he ended up, uh, you know, going into second. You know, he was in a good position during the race, and then he had... The, you know, this terrible pit stop. And I'm not sure what it is with Mercedes where they'll just have, it's not even they have bad pit stops, they have calamitous pit stops. These are just unreal. Um, so that was bad enough for, for Valtteri. Um, you know, the the tire uh, uh, looked like the, it was just screwed on or the screws got stripped or whatever. They couldn't take the tire off on the, on the right front tire and pretty much ended his race that, right then and there. So he'd get zero points. That's not good for him because uh, he's trying to, you know, at least get somewhere higher on the leaderboard, uh, and that cost him quite a bit. I think it cost him one spot. Lewis, you know, who's challenging for the win, um, you know, he was racing and he was doing his thing. Now, you know, whether it was the fact that the tires just couldn't get up to temperature or, you know, they didn't follow a good strategy, who knows. Um, you know, it, you know, there was a little bit of an issue with the car. We're not going to lie and, you know, say it was all on the car. But, you know, when they pulled him in for a pit stop, I think he wanted to stay out a little bit longer and just try to build a gap. Uh, they pulled him in to do an undercut, um, and then promptly they watched both Pierre Gasly and Sebastian Vettel, one lap after the other, come out ahead of him. And then later, Sergio Perez comes out ahead of him. Uh, Lewis was not happy if he watched the race. You know, He really laid into it. Uh, I think they're going to have a lot of talking over the next couple days uh, over at Mercedes headquarters over what happened there. Again, this is a team that's really good at strategy. They're really, really, really good at strategy. And to see them uh, make that type of mistake is is unreal. So uh, they're going to have to circle the wagons, figure out what they did wrong, uh, and then just kind of get back. But, like, for total, uh, you know, for a total package, they, they are all in the loser's column over at Mercedes. Uh, Ferrari, we have winners and losers. So the loser, we're going to go back to Charles. Uh, maybe I should have led with this one, but, yeah, he... Uh, Ferrari looked great all weekend. You know, they were racing good. They were at the top of the pack. People are saying, is Ferrari back? What's going on? Like, they, they look, like, amazing. They have, like, this amazing pace. Uh, they're at, at the top of the board. Uh, going into qualifying, Charles was on provisional pole. Carlos was on what he considered to be a, a pole lap himself. It looked like he was pacing as well. So both Max, Carlos, and Valtteri all thought that they were going to get pole from Charles, and then Charles uh, crashed. Now, there was a whole thing of, uh, you know, with being Monaco, you know, sometimes you'll see, and it's happened before, where someone gets provisional pole and then promptly crashes or has some type of malfunction and causes a red flag, and, you know, there's much to do about it. You know, Charles did not wreck his car on purpose, but he did wreck his car, and, you know, there was damage to the car. People were saying, oh, you know, the gearbox, if he has to change the gearbox, it's going to be a penalty. Ferrari came out and said, nope, we checked the gearbox and everything is totally fine. And then when he went out to go out into the grid, the car wasn't working. So it's a big question of what went wrong here. Did Ferrari not actually check the car? Um, or was this something that they all just happened to miss? Or was this just something that 
you know, maybe everything was fine in the garage and then they took it out. Who knows? Uh, but there's going to be a lot of questions asked just because, you know, they should have gone through that car uh, with a fine-tooth comb. They should have looked as hard as they can to make sure he had the best car out there. Um, and they didn't. So, you know, he, he unfortunately um, got a pole position in Monaco, which more or less guarantees victory. And right then at the beginning of the race, before it even started, couldn't he out, make it out on the track and uh, ends up with the did not start. Uh, and that's costly for him. It's heartbreaking for him. Uh, for those of you fans who've been following over the years, he's had terrible luck here at Monaco. Uh, his first year, I believe, yeah, his first year, uh, he had this uh, catastrophic brake failure that sent him right into the back of Brendan Hartley uh, and a spectacular crash, uh, which, I mean, you could YouTube it. It's definitely uh, one of the, the craziest crashes of that season. Uh, 2019, I was actually at that race, as I mentioned last week, and uh, he had a terrible qualifying and was actually racing through the pack. And I, you know, I remember saying, man, this doesn't happen often where you're seeing overtakes, but he was overtaking people, but, uh, got a little bit too, uh, aggressive and clipped. Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Kubica, I think I can't remember, but, uh, he did get a tire puncture. He tried to race back to the pits in that puncture and retired the race. Um, and then this year where he manages to get pole, um, you know, he's, a, he's a native of Monaco. It's been, in his whole life, he's, you know, watched the race from his apartment just to see him fail that badly. It really stinks for him. Um, and for Ferrari, you know, it's kind of like, a, you know, it's a loss. But then at this other side, Carlos Sainz had an amazing race. Now, like I said, Carlos thought he was going to get pole before the crash. He was upset. If you heard the radio, he was pretty upset about not getting pole himself or, you know, getting red flagged and not being able to finish the lap. But he made the best out of it. Finishing second, uh, he ended up on the podium. I think this is his second second place finish. Uh, so he's probably sec uh, tied for this best uh, best result ever. Um, yeah, he looks amazing. He looked great. I mean, you, the fact of the matter is, like, both Ferraris at their best this weekend looked amazing. Now, the question is, is that going to translate into later in the season? And that's going to be a big question. Uh, for Ferrari fans, obviously, their fingers crossed. You know, they're going to have two competitive cars. It's better for the sport. You know, with Red Bull and Mercedes and McLaren all now looking really good to have Ferrari up there in that top four and have a genuine top four mixing it up, uh, mixing up the podiums. It makes for a better sport. So to see Ferrari competitive today was great. And it's, it's a win for them in that category or in that, in that regard and a win for Carlos Sainz. So he's definitely in the winner category. Moving on to McLaren. Uh, again, we have a winner and a loser. Uh, first and foremost, for McLaren, the team, the win is that livery. I talked about it last week. Oh my gosh, this is like the most beautiful car I've ever seen in my life. It looks pretty amazing. Um, you know, Daniel Ricciardo uh, had that pretty good retro helmet too. Uh, if you see a picture on Instagram, it looks pretty good. But Daniel also had a pretty bad drive. Finished outside the points. He was lapped uh, and he was lapped by his own teammate, which is pretty embarrassing. Uh, finishing uh, in 12th spot. Um, you know, he, he's not having a good time with McLaren. Uh, and it just seems like the car doesn't suit him very well. You know, whether he should not have made that move from Renault, where he seemed to have that car mastered, you know, and then move over to McLaren, where I don't know if it fits his driving style or not, or or what. I'm not a technical guy. I've said that before, but uh, he's a better driver than he's showing, uh, and I, I, you know, I don't think it's a lack of talent or he's lost his edge or anything like that. I just think that the car is just not suited to him. And maybe it was a mistake. And, you know, I had high expectations for him. Those of you who've listened from the beginning, I was predicting him to finish, like, in the top three, uh, you know, uh, for the driver's standings. And he is well off the pace. Like, it's season right now. It's just a matter of, 
you know, you need to catch your teammate. You need to do better. So this was a, definitely a loss for him. Uh, and he usually drives well in Monaco. He's won at Monaco. He should have won his second time in Monaco, but he had a catastrophic uh, pit stop. But, you know, uh, it's not a track that he doesn't know how to drive. It's just today, he just, uh, you know, this, this weekend, especially today, just had a, a terrible go of it. So we'll see if he's able to bounce back moving forward. But he really needs to uh, get get the car in gear, uh, you know, no pun intended. Uh, his teammate, Lando Norris, however, has done amazing. Um, it's pretty phenomenal to see the the uh, progress he's made. You know, he finished number three, ended up on a podium. I mean, this was just phenomenal driving from him. Uh, even, you know, it's Monaco, so, you know, his tires were going out, and he's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, he, he ended up doing really, really well. I mean, and he just signed a big contract extension, too. So, uh, you know, they're, they're locking him in for the next few years. They're invested in him. Uh, the car seems to suit him well, unlike Daniel. He seems to really, really thrive. And, you know, for being so young, he really needs or he's really showing a lot of experience. So uh, I'm excited to see what he happens for him in the future. Um, so I said McLaren was going to be challenging for the top three. Uh, I just had the wrong driver, I guess. So, uh, you know, I'll take 50% on that one. But he's he's number three in the standings right now. He's still a, a grip away from Lewis Hamilton, but he passed Valtteri Bottas, um, you know, and, and he's holding on to that third spot in the, in the driver standings. So that's a really good sign for, for, for the team. It's a good sign for him um, and a sign of amazing things to come for him. Also in the winner's category, we're going to put Aston Martin. Aston Martin, uh, you know, they've had a rough go of things. The new regulations, as I've mentioned, uh, really, really have affected them. Uh, this race, however, they seem to get everything right. They seem to have the car set up right. They had two drivers who ran really good races. Lance had a little bit of issues bumping in, you know, bumping in shimmying here and there, but, you know, nothing to write home about. But uh, Sebastian Vettelamp coming out with driver of the day. So winner for him, win for Aston Martin, win for Lance Stroll. Uh, but Sebastian Vettel, you know, uh, pulling off the undercut. Uh, and th- this is a really good one, just, you know, a good win for them just because, you know, they were able to pull off that maneuver that got him ahead of both Pierre Gasly and Lewis Hamilton. Um, and he showed a lot of guile uh, with how he raced. You know, he was definitely, um, you know, the experienced professional, the professor who, you know, understood the track, understood the nuances of the track and what to do and how to get the best out of the car. Uh, and you saw the old Sebastian Vettel come out today. So, uh, you know, it, it was definitely good to see him do as well as he did, finishing in fifth place, Lance Stroll finishing in eighth place. So double points for them, uh, a much-needed result for, for the team. So wins all around for them. Alpha Tauri, we're going to split them up. Pierre Gasly was in a win, finishing number six. He had a great race again. He, he had a great pit maneuver. Um, and their strategy put him ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton could not catch him. There seemed like moments where he could, uh, but uh, that didn't happen. And, you know, he was able to get eight points, eight much-needed points, so, you know, finishing in the top six exactly where he needed to be. Uh, the rookie, Yuki Tsunoda, uh, had a, not a, you know, nothing terrible. He didn't make too many mistakes, but he also uh, didn't do very well. So he dropped spaces at the beginning of the race, um, you know, so... Um, you know, he's a rookie, he's, been, he's doing better than the other two rookies, but considering how he started off the season, there's definitely been a, a fall-off in performance. Um, so, I mean, now you have a kind of a big gap there between the two AlphaTauri teammates. Um, you know, so it's on him to push up. So we're going to put him in the loser category for this week, um, but we'll see if he's able to bounce back. Uh, but he, it seemed like this week uh, he did calm down a lot from his escapades of yelling and screaming uh, so who knows, maybe he's settling in and just trying to see things a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, Pierre had a great race and, uh, can't wait to see what he does next. 
Um, you know, next moving on to Alpine Renault, uh, Esteban Ocon has shown really, really good driving. He finished number ninth, uh, nine today uh, in the standings, um, and he looked like he just had a really good race. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, have anything negative. I think considering what the car is and it's not performing as well as they thought, I think he's getting the best out of it. So the finish ninth, I'll give him a big positive for that. Uh, Fernando Alonso uh, did not have a good weekend. He did finish 13th, uh, but, you know, really finishing ahead of, you know, rookies and Williams, um, you know, there's really nothing to write home about for him. Um, you know, and he's a former champion. Uh, he's won at Monaco. Uh, so to have uh, him not get the best out of the car and have Esteban Ocon do that, so that puts him in the loser column. So, you know, with Alpine at this point, you know, they know who their A driver is. It is definitely Esteban. They need to invest in him. Hopefully they're going to retain him uh, moving on to next year. Who knows if that's going to happen uh, because Esteban uh, does have ties to Mercedes, as does George Russell. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Esteban right now is on the winning track, and he's in the winning column this week. Fernando Alonso, yeah, he, he needs a little bit of work to do uh, just to get back up to uh, where people expect him to be. Um, moving on to Alfa Romeo, wins all around the board for them. You know, they both, uh, Kimi and Antonio, had great uh, sessions. They had great qualifying for the car. You know, like, obviously, they're not going to be getting pole positions or in the top four or anything like that. Um, but they extracted the most out of the car. Both of them did. Antonio finished in the points, which is great. He got one point, finishing in 10th. Kimi was right outside the points, um, and they both did really well. You know, they both drove really well. Antonio was very impressive this week. Uh, you can't fault either driver, for, again, for the car that they have. Doing what they did this weekend was very, very impressive. So especially when you look at some of these teams that really haven't performed well to see them really do well. So you saw Ferrari come out strong, um, you know, and do really well. And you saw the Ferrari powered out for Romeos come out strong and do really well. So I think that's a really good sign. Uh, for the, for both of those teams, but with Alfa Romeo, uh, they've got to be patting themselves on the back and saying, "Wow, okay, we did we did really really good." Moving on uh, to Williams, you know Williams, you know it was their 750th uh, Grand Prix, uh, a landmark for them. They had a lot of hubble hubble over their history, which is a phenomenal history. Uh, but this was a race that really, I mean, you barely heard about them in the race just because once the race went off, I mean they were just competing you know that there's no other way to say it um you know again we who knows what's going to happen uh next year um but right now it's easy you know you have just two drivers you know especially one who's really great in george russell uh but two drivers who you're not really quite sure um you know um what their futures are going to be whether george is going to move on nicholas uh if he's going to be in formula one but right now like you know like i said you know, they, they, they competed, you know, they, they, you know, George got into uh, Q2, um, but they're really not showing any improvement. They're not going to show any improvement with the card that they have. So it's just kind of, we're going to put them in the loser category, but it's not like, you know, that's a big shock to anyone really. Uh, also Haas, you know, we're moving on to the Haas. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, both of them had moments, Mick Schumacher crashing uh, in qualifying, Nikita, um, you know, had a couple, I think he had a couple uh, uh, marker vi- or track limit violations and everything. Um, they both finished three laps down. So, I mean, you know, Nikita actually finished ahead of Mick for the first time. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things, you know, we're not going to sit there and make more out of it than it is. They, they both had a, a, a pretty standard race for them. But on the flip side of it, um, 
you know, we're not expecting too much out of them at all. Um, but, you know, like you said, it, it, it was uh, definitely an interesting race. There was a lot of drama surrounding, you know, whether it was, you know, Charles not being able to drive or the crash and qualifying or, you know, Mercedes with their uh, pit strategies. But overall, it did reshape the map of what's going on right now, just because right now in the constructor standing, um, you know, Red Bull actually has a one point lead on Mercedes, which is pretty amazing considering, you know, like last week I was saying, well, Mercedes looks like they're running away with it, but that, that pit stop by Valtteri Bottas that took him out of the race uh, really cost them badly. I mean, this is not good for them at all. Uh, so Red Bull, you know, having a number one and a number four place uh, was able to shoot up. So they actually have a one-point lead on Mercedes. So you know Mercedes is going to come uh, down and they're going to be pretty irritated. Uh, they're going to probably uh, go out of their way to work extremely, extremely hard to see uh, what they're able to do, um, you know, moving forward. But, you know, yeah, we have, we have definitely, uh, an amazing, uh, uh, setup for the next race. Um, and so, you know, moving on to the driver's standing now, uh, Max, like I said, has a four point lead on Lewis. So this is tightened up quite a bit. Um, you know, Lewis definitely needed to have a better showing, uh, to either retain the lead or lengthen the lead. That didn't happen. Looking at the three spot, Lando moved up and now is in number three. Valtteri, uh, you know, with not getting any points, uh, is actually in a pretty precarious spot because the Red Bull driver, uh, Sergio Perez, is actually threatening him, as is Charles Leclerc, who didn't even, uh, you know, start the race. So, you know, Valtteri's in a little bit of a tough spot too because he's need to, he needs to get up there on the podium a, a few more times and build that gap and take number three back and build a gap there. So it's not as cut as dry as. You know, there's going to be Mercedes in the top three at this point because there's people threatening. Even Carlos Sainz is at 38 points. So, I mean, you have, uh, you know, three guys there that are in striking distance for Valtteri Bottas. So he really needs to get uh, things going as far as, um, as far as, uh, you know, staying, staying with the leaders as opposed to falling behind, you know, and moving on to the next race, it's going to be in, uh, Azerbaijan in Baku, the street circuit. So it's another street circuit. There's more chances of overtaking here. Uh, if you haven't seen, I love this track. I think it's great. Uh, Baku is uh, is a great city. Um, and the good thing about this circuit is that, you know, there's going to be um, a lot of chances for overtakes, but there's also a lot of safety cars. Just like Monaco, the track limits are the walls, and so there's a little room for error. So when there is an error, something crazy happens. Uh, and we'll review uh, Monaco, or I'm sorry, Baku uh, uh, in, in a couple uh, days, actually maybe a couple weeks actually. So I think the next race is not going to be for a little bit here um, in June 6th. So we got a little bit of time actually. So yeah, we'll probably do a, a Baku uh, recap uh, or preview, I'm sorry, um, moving forward. But, you know, like I said, for this season so far, things are shaping up. It's not a Mercedes 1-2 uh, uh, running away from the pack. We have a competition here. We have competition between one and two. We have competition between three and four. We have competition in the constructor standings. We have competition all around. Uh, so it's shaping up to be really, really good. Uh, the calendar right now is looking like this. We have Azerbaijan, as I mentioned, coming up in June. And then we have the French Grand Prix. Uh, we have the the two Austrian races, the Styrian and Austrian Grand Prix, both on the same track. Um, and then moving on to the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to have the international races coming up later on, uh, you know, in late summer through through the fall and everything. But right now we're going to be staying in Europe uh, for the most part. So we should have 
a really, really good summer of racing here. I'm pretty excited about it to see where it goes. Keep an eye on race number 13, the Dutch Grand Prix, because these Max Verstappen fans are going to be out in full force. If you haven't seen them already in action, they're going to be all over the place. So a lot to look forward to uh, moving on uh, from from today. Um, now, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're so glad we have so many subscribers around the world. It's been pretty amazing. So uh, next week, I'm actually, when we do, or not next week, whenever we do our next show for Baku, maybe a week and a half here, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little shout out and call out every single country um, and thank you all personally uh, for listening in. So I'm going to make a nice little list and thank you all. But make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends, California One, send them a link. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Leave a nice review if you can. Um, and if you want to email California One, the number one podcast at gmail.com. So that's it for today. Again, thank you for listening in. Uh, we really appreciate each and every single one of you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and have a great day. This is Jojo Joseph in California, saying goodbye.